Mate, well, Go for I... it, Bri. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome along to episode 100. We have reached the milestone. Who would have thought that two years ago, when we kicked off, we'd get to 100 episodes. I can't believe it, it's happened. How does everyone yes. feel about it? Old. If, you, if you want my honest how I'm feeling, I feel fucking shattered. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Paul. Nothing wrong. Yeah. It's it's that time of the year. I think for uh, have we hit Blue Monday yet? Yeah, when it's coming on. Yeah, yeah. So that, it's, the... it's just a... <laughs> go on, Jamie. No, I was just saying that every day. Yeah, it is. We've had Black Monday. Yeah, there's that too. The head coaching merry-go-round has well and truly begun. Yeah, it has. It's definitely affected us. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We'll get to that, (laughs) Jay. We'll get to that. (laughs) It's too early. It's too early, It is. It is. Um, But before we go much further, I mean, lads, look, two years ago, we hadn't even had had a podcast. We're now a hundred episodes into it. How do we feel the first hundred episodes have gone? That's like a hundred weeks. Mm. Yeah, and look, about it, yeah, and look, and look what's happened in those. What look what's happened in those hundred weeks? I've went fucking bald. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so uh, I was going to say something then. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah. To go okay. from what we had at the start, I say with with us six, Rich, Lauren, and, and Ivan. I don't think any of us envisioned it become what it what it did. Like I say, it just proves over the time it's come loose about it. I mean, things like how many people we've got come on the show, people tuning in mm-hmm. to, to the live draft show that you guys did um, in last year's draft. It's just just shows that this it's it's coming on and it's taking leaps and bounds and there's it's the sky's the limit as they're saying it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah big, big time. I think, for, I think for the last for the last ten months in particular, it's been particularly important. You know that we can Very true. get together and talk about something other than the c word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't and I don't mean cowboys. <laughs> 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 but that's it the season is over um well almost anyway almost over and i wonder um, i like that, to... that went that went right over my head though <laughs> <laughs> you must be tired ah um, yeah, yeah. must be tired I'm, I'm, man i'm absolutely shattered mate yeah <sighs> but i oh, oh oh the comments <laughs> see they've got nothing like a bit of he's oh Mm. Yeah, comments are starting start yeah. to fly in. Yeah, yeah, flying in. But, but, um, so just, just, what you, just what you're saying, uh, kind yeah. of how do you think like it's gone from episode one to 100? I think one thing's remained the same that these have just been so off the cuff. It's been it's unreal. It's like, it's literally like, and hopefully everybody who tunes in kind of feels the same. It's literally like being down the pub with your mates. <clears throat> just so chill, it's relaxed. Aye. I laugh. That's what it's all about, isn't it? And we catch people out with that one and come yeah. on and they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> I've had a few times. Wait, hey, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Here we go. Here comes a special guest. We have a guest. Ooh. We have a guest. 
Look who it is! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, Jeff? How you doing, brother? Bear with me a second. We're really chopped up here. Okay, guys, I'm going to... All right, mate. Now, if I do this, it's a lot better if I do this on my computer, but I don't know, like, I don't know how to get to, you know, StreamYard on my computer. So if, if I go StreamYard... Uh, it says create a broadcast, upcoming broadcast, past broadcast. Da, 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 da. Uh, oh, hold on a minute. I'll send you the link. Uh, did. Okay. Uh, You're going to send it to my email? I'll send it to you on uh, DM by Twitter, did. Well, that's the problem. See, I don't have Twitter on my phone. I mean, uh, my, because it's my office computer. Uh, right. So, if you send right, it by okay. email, I can get Radio. it, but I can't get it from my Twitter account. Okie dokie. You got this, Mike? Um, yeah, if you um, leave it with me. Um, if not, I can just do it on the phone. Radio, but, Jeff? Yep. If you see, you got the uh, private chat over on the right. If you go into that and talk in there, and we'll get you set up. Private chat. Where is he? Uh, I got chat. I got leave. I got. Here we are. If you want to take it away, guys. Yeah. So we're, we're having all kinds of technical difficulties right now, but um, we're 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 just going to try and take it away and let Mike and Jeff work in the background there. Just get logged on. Um, so, as we say, 100 episodes up and in the books. Before we go any further, we have to pay the bills. So, Paul, if you'd like to uh, give our regular shout-out to our sponsor, Barry yep. and the guys over at... Yeah, sure. We uh, both so, click at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so if, guys, if you're planning to go into a Cowboys game next season, be sure to go with Cowboys Experience. For the ultimate meet and greet tailgate and game day experience. Like me and Jamie, who have used the uh, Cowboys experience before with Barry and Michael and the whole rest of the team at Cowboys experience, you get treated nothing but royalty. And what else can I say a bit more than that? Honestly, they're just the best guys to work with. And also, and if you use the discount code UK Cowboys, you shall receive some free stuff. So, yeah, be sure to go and check out Cowboys experience. Absolutely. And in the immortal words of Mr. Rich Jones, who hasn't been able to join us yet, don't be a clown. Get free stuff. Yep. We should need to have that flash to put the bottom as well, like when we put the ad up, like, just, yeah, like, don't be a clown. Get free stuff. And it just flashes as, as we're taking it away. <laughs> it's very so, true. But, um... So yeah, so we're getting quite a few comments in already. Uh, yeah, oh, for God, Stephen. Yes, I am getting a streamlined haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's all yeah, about so that 40 time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hear Paul, Paul, Paul is, Paul is going to be um, taking on Neville Gallimore in the fourth. Yeah, dash before yeah. the end yeah. of the season. Yeah. So, 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 so don't worry, Valente. We saw your comments. We will bring them in at the right time. We will bring them in, my friend. 
<laughs> yeah. But before before we go any further, we um, we do have a couple of uh, updates. So as you can see, they're rolling through the bottom of the screen. Um, obviously, the first one is Jason Witten. The news broke last night that he is retiring and will be signing a one-day contract with the Cowboys. So, Jamie, as the president of the Jason Witten fan club, how does that make you feel? Um, maybe, not, not like, maybe not as disappointed as, as last time, just for the fact that I think, I think everyone has kind of seen this coming. He's, he's the wrong side in the of, of 30, 35. Um, so, it, it was coming. I think the first time was a little... Bit more of a gut wrench because it was it was then one and he, he kind of came back and went to went to the Raiders and it kind of yeah I think that just kind of I think it all hurt us when he, more when he went to the Raiders didn't it really mm. yeah I mean for me like uh, Jason went like he retired the first time but I, I can understand why he wanted to kind of move on to a different team now just to try something different like being out of a different system just to see if he can still play like. Just try like try different walls and that, but I'm I'm glad he's coming back just to retire as a cowboy and that. Like he always still will forever be Captain America in my personal opinion. Yeah, I think there's also a case of like for him to go somewhere and be a bigger part of the offense. Um, yeah. you could clearly see that Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz were pushing for for more reps. So if he can go somewhere and, and see more of the, the field, um Surprised to see him go to the Raiders actually because they they've got um, I can't remember the name of the starting tight end but he's a he's a huge tight end in fantasy he's one of the, the great um, fantasy Waller. options that's the one yeah so um, I don't know if he was ever the, the number one starter in in Vegas but um, he's back where he belongs on his on his one day deal and um, he can ride off into the sunset for a second time. <laughs> Do you think, because obviously, because the, the first time he obviously went, um, he kind of he followed the path of Tony Romo, didn't he, and, and went into to broadcasting, and it kind of didn't. Yeah, it didn't work out for him at all, did it? He wasn't. It was not good at all. Yeah. So, do you, do you think we might see the Cowboys bring him in as a coach? Maybe? It's certainly an option. Certainly an, op- uh, an option. I mean, it's like he's been around the, the game for seventeen years now, so he, he must know the position particularly well. Um, yeah. yeah, he's an, he's another candidate to go into coaching. Maybe not in the NFL straight away. Maybe at college level. Yeah. Um, okay. But I don't I don't see him um, learning to drive a tractor in his in his farm or anything like that. He'll be <laughs> he'll be amongst the game. He won't he won't be Brett far. He'll be he'll be right back into the game. Yeah. And it is very as well, it's very appropriate that we have Jeff on this show, being a Raiders fan, that mm. it, it just so happens that this is the week the news breaks that you know he's a he's a Raiders slash cowboys player. Uh, uh, so it all folds in quite nicely. Yeah, you know what? To me, he'll always be a cowboy. I think when you think of Jason Witten, you've got to think yeah. of him as a cowboy. And you know what? To be honest, when he, I'll be, I hate to see that. You know, when I, when a guy's at the end of it, and you know, the hardest thing to say for an athlete is, "I've had enough," or "I'm done," mm. or because you 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 have that just just the nature of the 
personality that you need to play at the elite level. And it's, you know, sometimes it's hardest to, to uh, see it in yourself. And um, when he took the opportunity to go to the Raiders, you know, I was obviously happy for the Raiders, but you could see even his last year in Dallas that the game, you know, the, his best years had certainly passed him by. And I would have much more preferred that he would have just stayed out and, uh, you know, gone on with life. Uh, there was a lot of speculation just a couple months ago that he might become uh, one of the new coaches on the staff at Tennessee, where he's a, obviously a legend. And No, I'm talking about the Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I know. But they, they, no, I mean, like, the Tennessee Volunteers right now are going through a bit of a hefty phase with everything going on there. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why they wanted him back. I mean, obviously, you're talking about an iconic player in your program and a guy with a great yeah. oh, reputation. Yeah. And yeah. you know, he and he and Peyton Manning, you know, obviously, if you talk about Tennessee football, those are two guys that certainly jumped to mind. And, and and both of them are great character guys. And and they need a, I think they need a shot of <laughs> they need a shot. Of <laughs> they need a lot there right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tennessee, the Volunteers, as you say, they need a lot right now. I mean, the good thing is for whoever takes that role can demand like a massive contract with a lot of money because they just need so much help. Ouch. Yeah, they, they, they hired they hired the old uh, excuse me, Oklahoma quarterback, Josh Heppel, who yeah. uh, was the head coach at UCF. And I think he's got a five-year right. deal. And it's going to take him yeah. five years to, to clean up. It's so Easy. it's so ultra competitive in the in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And if they get if they get slapped with recruiting violations or limitations, it'll make yeah. it even tougher. Oh, they'll get sanctions by the sounds of what I've heard in the news. They're getting uh, um, everything slapped onto them. But you know, like like you say, um, you know, at UCF they got the right guy. I know we're going a bit wayward. They got the right guy because I mean, look what he did at UCF. You know, they were dominating. Yeah dominating yeah. Um, all thanks to what he done in the athletic department um, but that's my take on UCF and tendency volunteers anyway got <laughs> <laughs> a bit wayward sorry so ju- just just getting back on track folks look as we yeah. always tell you get your questions into us otherwise we're guys just chatting amongst ourselves you've Jeff Reinebold here absolute NFL royalty get <laughs> questions in for the gentleman he made time for us. We we managed to get in touch with him last night about coming on. He's made time for us. So if, if you have questions, get him in, throw them at him. Yep. Jeff is more than happy to answer those questions, and we don't mind taking a backseat for that. But let me ask you. Other... Let me ask you guys. A, let me let me ask Ooh. you guys a question. How, what's the what's the consensus in the in the room about hiring Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator? I'm quite happy about it. I like it. Yeah. Like it, but yeah. I just, I yeah, I mean, when you really do break it down in that, like, yeah, he did okay as a head coach this f- first couple of seasons with Atlanta, but it just kind of seemed to decline. But you've always mm. been more renowned as a defensive coordinator into the day. And I'm actually more surprised the fact that he brought in uh, Adam, what's his second name? Our, name? Yeah, yeah, our our defensive line coach. And the fact that he's, he's from the UK as well, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was I was quite surprised about that, to be honest. But but hey, it's all about opportunity as well for these coaches to stand up and, and make their mark now. See, yeah, I think what, what, when we put it out on Twitter, when it kind of went out on Twitter as well, I think a lot of people sometimes look as well, don't they? Look at the negatives and that yeah, he lost his job in Atlanta, and I mean that's just that's just the coaching America on here. But if you kind of look at his where he's come from, it, it, it was it was in Seattle and. 
and that's then Seattle defense is just spoke for themselves. I mean, they were nasty defenses to play against. And yeah. when he went to Atlanta, if if I'm right in thinking, originally he didn't call his own plays, did he? And then eventually they allowed him to call his own plays. And once he was given that that freedom, I think he went. I think his record was seven and two when he was allowed when he, when he was allowed to call the plays. So he's obviously got something. Like I said, I just think this defense needed something after the, the last year and eighteen months that's, that's gone on. So I think it's a I think it's an excellent hire. I, I don't know if there's been a, a lot of a lot of well, for who was available. I don't know if there was would have been a lot better hires for who were potentially available. Unless you're going to go out and break the bank and put graphics to get get somebody who's who's tied in for a long while. That's that's the next in line for a head coaching job. So while we're, we're on on that, a bit talking about a. Like what we think about Dan Quinn. I've got a question back for Jeff from our comments here. So, uh, first question is from Andrew, our very own Andrew Valenti. Jeff, what is the Cowboys' biggest need, in his opinion? Well, I think the first thing is they got to get they got to get their quarterback back healthy. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was that was such a terrible loss for him. I, I think you know health is going to be one of the things that's going to help them get better. And then I think defensively, when you look at them defensively. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't that they didn't have players. They just could never quite find you know, I don't know what where where Mike Nolan was missing it with the players, but you know, the secondary was all over the place. The you know, the defensive linemen really um they they struggled inside and you know, they 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 they, they flashed some pass rush. But uh, I think you got to look at that linebacker core really, really close. And, mm. and, you know, I think uh, obviously, obviously, I think Sean Lee's now probably probably should coach rather than because you know everybody that I've ever talked to that's that's been around that guy says he is outstanding in terms of his football IQ and how he understands the game. And I had, I had heard he wanted to go into coaching, so that would be a perfect you know segue to help you know yeah. create a create a roster spot, but also help your coaching staff. I was going to add that someone told me when you mentioned about the interior defensive lineman. I've got my own personal opinion about that. Well, more particularly about one player that I'm glad he's gone now. But uh, but um, Dantari Poe, like I thought he was just just there for a paycheck more than anything. I don't think he's all he, like his heart was not in the game at all. I felt like seeing him getting like pushed by by one offensive lineman, just like not even rushing to the ball or anything like that. Like there was no hustle coming from what well. we've seen. Have I got some good news for you? Because, you know, obviously I've been watching uh, the Senior Bowl, which is what this show is going to be about. There is a guy who is the double of Neville Gallimore who will go about the right time. And today and yesterday, dominated. And we'll get to him in a bit. And when you say it, I know, Paul, the hairs on the back of your neck are going to stand up. Just wait. Just be there. Uh, and, and as, you, as everybody will know, it's kind of the elephant in the room in it when it comes to these shows every week. And just because Jeff mentioned it, how long would you leave it, Jeff? Because last year, it obviously it played out so long, and the Cowboys kind of dragged the feet. Now, when when well, I mean, it's a little it's a little different this year because he's got the injury, right? What the hell happened to Jimmy? Number one, you got to be you got to be comfortable that that he's going to be you know healthy. Yeah. And, you know, this day and age with the way they are, the way the surgeons are and all that stuff, he should be. But, again, that's business decision, right? I mean, you can't yeah. – you, you got to be careful about throwing money at somebody who's potentially not going to be there. But if he's healthy, I think they need to 
do it as soon as possible to set the course for next year. I, yes. All the all the speculation and the rumor and all that stuff, and that may be good on the radio talk shows, but it's yeah. really it's. I don't think it's good for your football team. And I think yeah, very true. You know, from everybody that I talk to, that guy has tremendous respect in the room. You know, I'm talking about the locker room, and <clears> so. <throat> You know that what you're saying. If you go ahead and sign him early, is you're, you know, you're giving a clear signal to your locker room that he's your guy and let's yep. go. That well, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's like the level of investment I want to put in the guy so early. It's just a clear indicator. You're right, Jeff. Um, yeah, I think the, the a huge concern for the Cowboys fan base though is that we end up um, along the the lines of the Browns or the Jets, where we do let our guy go. And then we go through an endless carousel of choosing a QB in the top 10. And then the the head coach loses his job. And then a new head coach comes in and he he isn't necessarily tied to the QB coach. And we go round and round the circles for the next 10 years when we do actually have our guy in the building. We just need to connect on the deal. Yeah. Well, I I agree with that. I think there's a lot of, when you're in a, when you're in a situation like the Cowboys are in right now, where they've been years and years and years without, what's all you know you're measured by what you do in december and january right Mm -hmm. and um you look if you look at the cowboys um you know it's always been a lot of sizzle and not much production and they've got to get out of that cycle and they've got to get out of the the cycle of you know rolling through quarterbacks rolling through coaches rolling through Uh, i think i think teams like buffalo should serve as a great example for teams that have been out of the playoffs for a number of years and look at how they did it. And there was one unified vision of what they wanted. Now, if the, if you know what, and it could come from Jerry, it could come right from the top, but everybody's got to buy in and you gotta, you gotta live through it and you gotta build your roster that way. I'll tell you a yep. story when Beasley left to go to Buffalo. All right. The bills. And I hadn't coached Cole in seven years. Right. But the Bills called me twice during the period that they were making a decision about whether they're going to sign him or not. And they asked me questions not about, you know, how could he catch, you know, no, no quote football on the field football questions. But what they wanted to know was what kind of guy was he? What, you know, when he went to the Cowboys as a rookie, there was a hazing incident at training camp and he left. He walked out. Right. That's right. Yeah. And then they, they, you know, uh, Jason and those guys, because and Tony, it, Tony was up instrumental in it, got him back to camp, but he was going to just get rid of, give up football because of, of a situation that happened in training camp, and and they wanted to know about that, right? And they want to know about you know what he was like as a college kid, how you know all that stuff. And the reason I tell that story is because that's the kind of depth work that you need to do when you're starting to starting to yep. you know build a team. That you want them to be the the kind of guy, not just the player. It's not we're not collecting football cards here, right? <laughs> it's the kind of people that can, you know, that bring something to your to your team, to yeah. your room. And you know, sometimes I think we get so caught up in the hype of it, and this guy's forty time, and this guy, you know, I'm telling you, it's way way more complex than that, and it has to be. No, I think Will McClay does a good job. I think Will McClay's a good yes, football yeah. guy. Yeah, very. And now right. th- there has to be that unified, you know, going forward. And and I think 
to be honest with you, I think the Cowboys did a good job because there's so much conjecture about Mike's future all through the season. Mm-hmm. And they made a decision to say, no, we're, we're going to stay the course. We're going to clean up around him, but we're going to stay the course. And now I think that's one of the reasons why I think Dan Quinn's a good hire because Dan Quinn will be a great assistant coach. Just to bring up uh, a question from Steve Montford, which was showed up earlier. He was asking, yeah. um, looking at the drafting on the defense in the first round or with Tyron Smith's injuries over the past years, would you see us looking at getting his replacement potentially? I, I think those are those are questions that they've got to you know answer internally. Where is he? Where is Tyron with his health? Right? Because when yeah. he's healthy, he still he's at the age where he still should be a dominant player. As a matter of fact, as an offensive lineman, he's probably should be right in the heart of his the prime of his career. Now, yeah. only people that can you know really know about his injuries are the the doctors in Dallas and the team and the trainers and all that other stuff. But if he has a yeah. chance to come back and be healthy. As long as he still got the fire, which he should, to play, then he can be a dominant, not a good offensive lineman, a dominant one. Mm-hmm. Remember this, guys, about the draft, right? And, and it's, a, it's a lottery. It's an absolute lottery. It is, it is absolutely a crapshoot. And don't let anybody tell you different because when you look at guys every Sunday that we see games and you watch Tom Brady – will now have more Super Bowl rings than most, you know, I mean, than any franchise, I think, in the league. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. So and, he's what? a sixth-round draft pick, mm. a sixth-round draft pick, right? Yeah, yeah. Cole, Cole Beasley's a – he's a college street free agent. Nobody yeah. drafted him. Th- 32 teams said no seven times. Well, that's a lot of no's, right? Yeah. And, and he, you look as well. thousand yards this year. Yeah, and you look that the Tom Brady, like you say, six round. He's throwing to Antonio Brown, taken in there. Probably somewhere around there. I don't in know. In the fifth round. Where, in the yeah, fifth round. And, and you go through the what? When did Tony Romo? What? When was he drafted? He was undrafted. Undrafted, undrafted right? So yeah. how many? How many guys did did they fail on to hit on a guy who was drafted as a free agent? But the but and the NFL kind of does this because they. The NFL is a business, man. And so they want events. They want speculation. They want, you know, a showcase. They want all. So it's overhyped, absolutely overhyped. The, tell me how relative a 40-yard dash time is to playing the game. Tell me. You run straight out of a, out of a track stance, right? 40 yards straight. How many times will you do that in a 10-year career? I'll tell you how many. That many, right? <laughs> that many. So why is it relative? Why does everybody care about it so much? Because it's an antique measuring system that was developed by Paul Brown in the 40s or 50s. For kick returns. And, and we're even not even a kick returner is going to go absolutely straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's why I say don't – I think we – because you guys wanted to talk draft tonight, right? Yep. You gotta be really, really cautious. Like Devonta Smith, what did he do when they went to heighten weights at the at the senior bowl? I, I know, I know. This is it. This was something <coughs> I actually wrote down. And like some people are saying that it it, it hurt his stock, and some people are saying he had nothing to prove. I think just do it. What it, it, they're gonna go? Ah, oh, he's one seventy five, and they go, okay, he's still good. But by not doing it, shows you've got something to hide. Now, see, I, I here's what I think. All right, 
I can't say I'm right, but I've been there a little bit. Um, every, every one of those guys, is, those personnel guys, is trying to find out every – they all want that scoop. They all want that guy, mm-hmm. the guy that says, well, did you know, all right, or – you know, and so he probably weighs 178 pounds. I don't know. I'm just he, he's not very big, right? Yeah, the oh, slim why, reaper. Why he why why he didn't want to be te- you know measured and and weighed is because he knows the only po- the only thing that's going to come out of that is negative. He's going to get a yeah. knock against it. Too too slight. Not he won't be able to withstand the hits of the game. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders, all right. His his lower his lower leg thickness is about like that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he went through the same thing when he was at SMU. And and so he dropped to the third round because they said he'll never withstand the hits of pro football. That's nine years ago, guys, and he's still getting it done. Here's a guy from the Raiders that had the exact same brand was Darren McFadden. They called him a truck on bicycle tires. So you got that's why you gotta be really careful about all that stuff, right? And yeah. mm-hmm. so somebody you know, I you could go through. I won't say hundreds, but I'm. I know lots and lots and lots of guys that are going to have great senior bowls and great combines, and they won't do squat when they get to the league. And then there's yep. going to be other guys that won't go to either of those two events that are going to be pro bowlers one day. Don't yeah, well, this. there is no combine this year, mind. Don't yeah. forget the, the smaller colleges as well. Who's the kids that got drafted by uh, Tampa Bay? Uh, Ali Ali Marpet. Came from Hobart College, all right. Yeah. Look, yep. look, look at your oh, no, dad. Was it, was it not a Alex Car- uh, Alex Kappa? Alex Kappa too, but Alan Marpet is went from Hobart. Look at your desk right now. Look at your desk. Yep. That's twice as big as Hobart College. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and, and just we just we talking about kind of the drills and. I know we kind of might be going a little bit off here. You were saying like about like the forty-yard dash. How many yeah. times are going to use it? And was it? I can't remember. Who was it the other year? Was it? Was it Baker Mayfield or was it Johnny Manziel at the pro day? Threw in helmet and pads, and he got a load of crap for it. And they sat there, and he's going, "Anybody can throw without pads on." He says, "These evaluators want to see me with pads on." Now stuff like that, Jeff. Would would, would you prefer to evaluate, say, a QB that way? when he's throwing with pads on and his helmet on and that kind of thing. Cause like you say, cause anybody can chuck a ball around with no pads on and, and that kind of stuff. Right? And, and the Q essentially QB plays with his pads and his helmet on every, every week, week in, week out on it. So when it comes to that, I can't understand why you got a lot of grief for it. Okay. I'll tell you like I, when, um, gosh, I'm trying to think the kid's name, the, the Vikings drafted him out of Florida state. Um, Florida quarterback. Hook. At the quarterback. Um, oh, and what did Teddy Bridgewater? What did Teddy Bridgewater? He went to Minnesota. He was a starter there for about three years, and he, and he never got it done. He's out of football now. Um, he's from Dallas. And so Marvin Lewis, I was at SMU, Marvin Lewis called, and he said – Was it Christian Ponder? That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay, yeah. so Marvin Lewis calls me, and he said, can – can we use your facility to work out a quarterback? And he said, but I, I, we, want it, we want it to be private. So I said, I went through the channels. We got him in the stadium, and they, they worked him out in the stadium, and I watched it. He, I got to sit and watch it. And 
that to me, that what I saw that day was way more valuable than what I see at the combine in terms of working the guy out. I remember, I remember when they came and they worked the manual out, I thought they were going to try and kill him. I, thought, I swear to God, I thought they were trying to kill him because he must have run 110 routes that day. And he just over, I mean, but what they were trying to do is they're trying to push him to see how tough he was, to see how, how he did when he was exhausted. All little things that you're never going to get at the combine. So it's to me, the combine is just kind of a little bit of a showcase. The thing that's good at the combine is the medicals and in the yeah. interviews, but the rest of the on the field stuff, I think is just overrated. You get what you want in those individual workouts is where I think you make. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. Like everyone talks about like, see, like obviously right now, the fastest player in the NFL I find right now is obviously Tyreek Hill, but we never spoke about him when he was in the draft. In terms of yeah. that. Well, I'll tell you what happened to him. All right. So, and this is again an illustration of, you know, what, what can happen. He's at Oklahoma State and he's really, he was really a great player at Oklahoma State. And then he got in trouble and they kicked him out of school and he had to go someplace where he could play. Well, Division Two takes transfers immediately and you can play if you go down. So he went to, I think it's West Georgia and he played his last year there or last two years there. And still was a great player, but because of his incident at Oklahoma State and the fact that he was playing at a really low level at West Georgia, that's one, those are the reasons he fell. I think he right, was like right. a fifth round guy. So um, you know, it, it it is not guys. It's it's not an exact science, and it's not collecting football cards, and it's not the underwear Olympics. It's I mean, is, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, um, but I mean, like I think. One thing we do have to take away from this year, um, and you'll attest to, to this, uh, Jeff, is how difficult it's been, I think, for all the scouts uh, this year with the trouble, with COVID, reduced games, um, you know, the allowance of people into stadiums. I think for the scouts, that's been one of the most difficult part for them. And I just want to give it up to Nagy and his team with the Senior Bowl, trying to put all this together. Yeah. Uh, that's an incredible job he's doing. Yeah, I, I think that, that um, the all-star games this year are going to really take the place of the combine. And, yeah. you know, it, yeah. I've been to the Senior Bowl many, 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 many times. And really the Senior Bowl is 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 almost like the pro coaches uh, convention, right? <laughs> it's the, it, it, it is an, an incredible experience because they, they use two – facilities they use uh people's stadium in mobile then they also have another stadium out um i can't remember what the little community is outside of mobile so they alternate back and forth well i mean it and, and this this happened to me one time i'm standing on the on the sideline watching the drills be run and i look over to my look on my left shoulder and it's don shula and i look over my right shoulder and it's marty marty schottenheimer and they're just like me standing on the sidelines watching these guys, right? And you go up in the stands at People's Stadium, and it's just all coaches and scouts, you know, watching these kids. It Because it has helmets and shoulder pads on, it's so much better to evaluate football players than the actual combine where they're just in shorts. I, yeah. think, I, I think Austin just made a great point. It's Robert Carnes, the players in general. It's like, didn't they say the same thing about uh, Tyler Murray being too small, but he ended up being the first overall pick? Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I was really surprised because 
he was doing the media rounds at the Super Bowl that year he came out. And Neil and I were doing inside the huddle on, on, the, on the NFL Network stage right here. And then he, he was doing an interview right across, like within 20 feet of us, right, at, at Radio Row. Then he came over, his, his handlers brought him over and introduced him to us. He's my size, fellas, mm. and, and I'm 5'9", right? <laughs> so I was, I was really, really surprised when I saw him, how small he really is. Now, he's thick, he's built, he's strong. But I, I thought, oh, my gosh, he's no bigger than Doug Flutie. I know because I, I coach Doug, so I know, you know, I can make that size comparison. But here's another guy. There's another example of during the draft process, like Kyler Murray, his height changed about three times during the whole draft <laughs> process. <right>. You <laughs> had about four different heights for him by the end. It was all everything was in brackets. Um, but uh, I, I was just wondering if you want to go through some players that immediately have stood out for anyone in the Senior Bowl so far. I mean, I've got many notes on players, but you know me, well, I, lead, I lead a sad life. Well, uh, before you start there, obviously we've I've I've, I've been pa- trying to pass in this comment just for the right time in that, and obviously Valenti brought yeah, in sure. the comments. before the stream even started. He brought the comments in, so, <laughs> so, so he's got eager, he's, uh, eager. He's very eager. So he's got a uh, picks at number uh, his picks for number ten, who we think would be quite standouts. Is uh, Tlaib Fali from Virginia, Sean Wade, Ohio State, Patrick Surin the second from Alabama. That's who he thinks. All right, let, let me ask you a question, guys, as, as cowboy guys, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at, the, at that 10th pick, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, do you go best player on the board or do you yep. go DB? Best player. Best player on the board. First, first, round, first round, I always say just go straight for the best player that's on your board. It, for me, it really depends. Depends who's available Money, left. Fifth year no, option. No, I, <clears throat> For me, it really depends who's available left. If there's a player that it could potentially be a blue chip player, best available, yeah, go for him. But if there's no player really stands up for the position of need, it's, it's really strong, and we've got a debt for another position, I would trade down. I would. I like, to hold, I like to hold the balance just, of everything. Just, the other thing we need to remember as well, we've got 29 free agents going, like, that might not come back. So mm. we, we need to try and fill it up somehow because especially off-season as well. Like, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what players are going to go or stay. I mean, the, 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 whole, the whole thing as well revolves around what they do. Like, we was talking off air uh, earlier this week about this, that whatever we talk about during now in the draft could all go out the window if Dak is inside to a long-term deal before the draft, because there's no way that you can go into this year's draft with questions over Dak and you're going, oh, we're just going to put him on the tag again. That, that's not the answer. You know, Andy Dalton's looking to be moved on. It, all this can go out the window. And at the end of the yep. day, the number 10 pick, doesn't matter then. It would have to be a quarterback. Well, I think you know, it's, oh, it's really interesting ah. because when, when you do this thing, when you put it together, you got to put it together with, Okay, who, who potential free agent losses? Now they obviously don't want all twenty nine of those guys back. No. They got to bring back. They're going to make decisions about who they want yep. back, who they don't want back. Mm-hmm. How much yep. money? How much money you have in the cap to use towards free agency? And then mm-hmm. obviously the number one question for every team in the NFL is what's our quarterback situation like? And yep. if that's yep. not settled, I agree with you. If that's not settled, it's really hard to know how to go on. You know, in building your entire football team. 
exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, that's where I it like starts. To go, I like to go with a mix of both because there's a high probability that um, Kyle Pitts could fall to the Cowboys at ten. Very much good. I don't. I don't Bye. necessarily think that a tight end at number ten is the best option for the Cowboys, but Man. he may, well, he may well. well be the best player on the board. Yeah, but he would I will, be. I, I, will, I will weigh that up against last year because potentially C.D. Lamb was the top player on the Cowboys board and they took and they him. Took him. They took him. Was, so they've shown... It wasn't necessarily a need. So I think Jerry likes to go best player available. Oh, yeah. And you've you got to think, you know, yeah, like if you're yeah, going back so. to the... Going back to the pits talk, I mean, you know, if you want to go down that road, think about then what you're putting on the field there. Like, you, you could chip Michael Gallup off for, you know, whatever you yeah, want, was, but, you know, for value. Was... Yeah, you'd have C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Cal Pitts. You're talking in last season about Team Forty Burger. Instantly, that's what you've got there. I, I, it's funny that you were just a bit of talk about Michael Gallup because there's that's a nice situation on itself for even. Like despite we're talking about Prescott, what are we going to do with him? Because he's going to be go into his final year. Are we going to give him a uh, new contract, which is kind of unlikely with what if we do give that that contract? Hey, it's, man, like, and, it, it's everything's so up in the air in regards to that. Yeah, there is, I, and I, you know, I've written some guys down, um, wide receivers who have absolutely produced in the senior bowl in practice so far, and these guys you could take later on down in the draft and they would fill the Michael Gallup, uh, not as what he is, but they fill a wide receiver hole that they would have. Um, I mean, like, you know, you, you're talking Eskridge from uh, West Michigan. I mean, that guy's blazing fast. They have not stopped him. Literally every rep he's been on the field so far, he's won. He's literally, and the other guy is Shai Smith um, from South Carolina. And I, mm. I just going through like some of the, the, Stats and he's played with like Debo Samuel Hayden Hurst, so he's had a history. Right. But but no matter what, in terms of pass production, while he's been in South Carolina, he's accounted for nearly fifty percent <laughs> of the receiving production for South Carolina while he's been there. Forty-seven percent of this. Just to kind of cut it back a little bit, um, and you talk about a kind of best player available, and then we touched it with about yeah. does this you know, DAC just kind of stretch out even more? Now being at ten. Someone, so and it's like that every year. And I know it's a lottery. Someone's going to fall to ten. It, it, like I say, regardless if it's something like Pitts or a QB or something. Now, if this QB situation drags out even more, and it's like shit, we're, we're, we're going to have to do something about the QB. Now, would you rather take best player available in the draft and address it a little bit further down the line, or give that tenth pick up and try and package it up for maybe someone like a Matthew Stafford or? Like, like Deshaun Watson, you know, too, the, too see, very expensive. This very. is this is the kind of unique thing that's happened this year. I think even more mm. than it's ever happened in, fo- mm-hmm. in football. Yeah, you know, there are always quarterbacks on the market, but normally yeah. they're they're Andy Dalton guys, guys that have the end. Mm. You know, they're at the end of their career, or you know, whatever. Where you're talking about Stafford's 32 years old and probably has five years left. Easily, mm-hmm. yeah, easily, yeah. Or you're talking about Deshaun Watson, who's even younger at 25, is just now beginning that mm-hmm. point in his career. So you, there's ac- you're going to have access to younger, talented guys than you've ever had at that position. Now, again, what does that go back to, the thing we've talked about earlier? You have to make a decision really soon about what you're doing with your guy. And yep, if yep. you're going to go down that road, the Matt Stafford road or the Deshaun Watson road, 
then it's going to cost you a first rounder plus probably Dak and, 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 you know, and, but you've got to make the decision. Is it worth it? Because the, look at Deshaun Watson's numbers, guys. They're Hall of Fame numbers after four, whatever, four years he's been in the league. I mean, yeah. on, a, on a bad football team. See what Dars did to Deshaun Watson. I think the Colts are going to come in there because they've got a lot of draft capital that can actually afford them. Yeah, I, same thing. I, if, if you're a Jacksonville, if I was Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Jacksonville, Jacksonville got some good young football players on that team, right? Mm. And, and you know, exactly what you were saying. They've got the number one pick in the draft, right? And they've got all kinds of cap space. So would you rather have a kid who's played in college football and been a great college player, no question about it, but he hadn't taken one snap in the NFL yet, mm. right? Or would you rather have a guy four years into his career who's been dominant on a bad football team? I, I, I know I'm going to go. I'm going to take the guy yeah. who's there, done that yeah. every time. Yeah, it's, it's, players, it's, players it's, over pecs. Players over pecs. Don't, don't uh, Jacksonville as well. Is it is it six picks in the top forty? Is that something? Yeah, they, see, yeah. They're, a, they're a team you would think would be wow. And Carolina, I think is is Carolina for a couple of reasons. Number one. The kid went to school probably 50 miles away from where mm-hmm. they play. So it would be a huge shot in the arm for their for their fan base. I but, had to bring this yeah. sorry, I had to bring this comment up. Should we bring the greatest backup of all time if we don't sign Dalton Nick Foles? <laughs> no. No. I, I do not want I, I'm sorry, but this is me just being pure cowboy. No ego at all. I don't care. No ego. <laughs> I've got, a, I've got a quick question for Jeff. What, Jeff, what's your opinion of the, the Packers taking Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers still being at the top of his game? Uh, oh, fire. Lit a fire under him. Oh, it lit a fire under him. I see that much. I'm a, I tell you what, when, when you talk about Jordan Love, right, and he may turn out to be a really good player, and I hope he does, right, because I don't want anybody to fail. But I could show you tape of him as a junior, and you would say, ooh, He's, he kid's got some stuff. Yeah, and then I, I could show you films of him as a senior and go, no yep. way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Agree. Yeah. And so which Jordan Love are you going to get as an NFL player? If you get the guy who played as a junior, you know, I'd say, oh, yeah, that's I, I understand. But the last time I watched, he was a senior and he wasn't very good. Threw yeah. way too many interceptions. Mm. Played a, tried to play outside the game. Some of that was because he lost a bunch of really complimentary pieces that he that he had as a junior and he almost had to win every try and win every game by himself but he still threw the interceptions he still made the bad decisions yeah. you know yep. so now from the from the standpoint of this is this is i think the thing that's so paradoxical and tough about this business the packers are in a super bowl window right now right they've won mm-hmm. they've run they've won 26 games in the last two years and lost six mm. And they haven't they haven't got there yet, right? So if you're if you're if you want to win a Super Bowl, and you've done that, then I understand that you got to always think about the future. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You're that close, and maybe what would C.D. Lamb or Rugs or you know any of these yeah. rookies yeah. that had really yeah. Jefferson yeah. or any of these young kids that they could have had? Yeah, yeah, did it. Now that's that's what makes you go, mm. because <laughs> you know you get in up you get in that window, guys. You got to climb in right now, and it's hard to get in, right? So mm-hmm. don't make it harder on yourself because you're out there with 
Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And yes, Robert Tanya grew as a tight end. He's a, he's a better than adequate tight end. But I'm going to tell you something. Valdez Scandling is it's an adventure every time you throw him the ball, whether he's going to yeah. catch it. <laughs> and then you saw, you saw, you saw the Alan Lazard mental error on the mm-hmm. goal line. Yeah, that could have been a touchdown. That could have been a that could have been a touchdown, and he he didn't he blows it. He misses it, right? Now, would it, would CD Lamb have missed it? I don't know, but I know this: he's got a much better chance of scoring touchdowns than Alan Lazard does, right? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's, this business is all pred- predicated upon right now. You know, it's like Jerry Glanville said: the NFL stands for not for long, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's really mm-hmm. what it's about. You're only in that window just a little short time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's only one time for your life at max. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but a, a lot of people are saying um, about Cowboys need to go defense. And I think when you yes. look at how bad the defense was uh, last season, you know, breaking defensive records in a bad way uh, for mm-hmm. the Cowboys, it's definitely going to be, I think, um, on the defense, they need to start leaning heavily towards, even if it means free agency to free things up in the draft, but they certainly need to go down that way. Um, Mm. But is there anybody who is, and I'll get to the guy who I'm going to give to Paul in a minute who's standing out, but anyone who's standing out in the senior bowl so far for you, Jeff, that you think would fit the Cowboys? Are you talking about a guy that would be a first rounder? Any any round, any round. Like senior bowl for me is more day two, early day three. Day two, yeah, day two. I I think I think when you look at the Cowboys, and this is a really good discussion because before you start saying, okay, this guy in the senior bowl, I think is a guy we need to look at, right? Unless you're talking about you're just going to draft the best player available right now, all the way through. Go go look at your thing and say, okay, now where were we deficient? We were deficient inside. I think this is my personal opinion. I think Gallimore will be a player. He's yeah. got great energy. He's, you know, he plays hard. You know, again, a lot of really good things about him. Is mm-hmm. Gerald McCoy going to come back? And is he, if he comes back, off the, if he comes back off that injury, yeah. can he play at a high level again? I oh, never sure. liked, I never liked the Don Terry Poe signing because no. I'll go back to when I was at, in college and he was playing at the University of Memphis and he was the guy that you wanted him to walk off the bus first because the, the other team would, you know, put up the white flag just by looking at him. <laughs> but then the game would start. He wouldn't make a play. He'd just stand around the whole game. That's the side I was told about. Like, that, that, this guy single-handedly was literally me, made me lose my rag. I, I was like bashing my head <laughs> off the wall every time I watched that guy. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Like, this guy infuriated me more. <laughs> Paul is fired up, Jeff. Paul is yeah, fired up. He has a right to be. He has a right to be because that guy got made a lot of money and didn't make any mm-hmm. plays. And that's, that's not actually, a good thing. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to pay for players. You, you want to pay for them, but you want a production, right? Not yeah. somebody just stand around and, and and that's the way he that was the way Paul was as a as a as a college player. Then he had one good year at Carolina and he made money off that one good year. And then the he, mm. Made always always made money off the potential that he could be a dominant player, but the yeah. production didn't match it. So you move on now. Go to the yeah. next. Go to the next level. How much does Jalen Smith have left? How much mm-hmm. does Vander Vander Esch have left? You're going to have to replace Sean Lee, right? Yeah. 
So there's a, there's obviously a need at linebacker, and they got to make a decision about what they're doing with some of those defensive ends too, right? Because they, they, again, scheme. I know what Quinn will do scheme wise. He's going to be a four down guy. They're going to run up the field. It's going to be real simple. Play hard. Keep it in. Yeah. You know the Seattle way, right? Which is I, I'm not critical of it. I'm I, I you got to believe in that though, right? And you got to get players that play in it. I think Jalen Smith in that system can be a really good player. Because mm-hmm. what I saw, what I saw in the system that they were running this year was when he and he's always been this way since he was at Notre Dame. When big people get up on his body, he has a hard time disengaging and, and getting to the football. He's a guy that's a run and chase linebacker, and that's not bad. That's not a criticism, but that's what he does well. And then Vanderesh, again, they got to find out where's his neck, where's his health, yeah. And then how does he? What's he going to be? Is he going to be our Mike? Is he going to be our? You know, what? Do, how are we going to? He's, how's he going to fit in the place? I think where they need help more than any place else is in a back end. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of the things I was looking at was off-ball linebackers. And I think an off-ball linebacker at the moment is is exactly where they're deficient. Uh, yeah. And there's been a lot in this senior bowl uh, of a couple of um, off-ball linebackers that are flashing brilliantly. Um, even one making an interception, Justin Hilliard. What a player he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas the, there's other linebackers I've taken off my board. I kind of felt sorry for uh, Tough Borland. I don't know if you've seen it. He was in the one-in-one drills. Man, mm-hmm. I, I was feeling, I felt bad for him, man. He's just, he's not that type of player and he's very light as well. And it, he, he was getting beat left, right and center. I was starting to feel awkward for him, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know what you think, Jeff. Do you think perhaps somebody, even like a fast linebacker like Jabril Cox, Jabril Cox, <laughs> Trying to get my words out. Is that a, a, a better way to go? So in well, terms of instead of defensive backer, a, an off-ball linebacker? Well, obviously in that, in the, in the Seattle system or in the Quinn system, as I yeah, as he, that's as where I, I'm going, yeah. Right, the linebackers are really the keys. You need, you need, long, they he'll want to find long corners. Right? Yes. Because if you yeah. go back to when he was at the Legion of Boom, he had, he had Browner on one side and he had yeah. Sherm on the other side. And both of those guys are six three or taller, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what do the what do you have on your roster right now that might be one of those guys, right? That that he's looking for. They want a they want a physical in the middle of the field safety, and they want linebackers that can run. Those are the key things, right? So yeah. Jalen Smith is a linebacker who can run. Now is is Vanderesh the Mike that they, the, yeah. yeah, that guy? Is he yeah. gonna be that guy? And then, mm-hmm. like I say, I think another speed linebacker, another running linebacker. Yeah. Would be, Definitely. Would be. See, this is a point I wanted to make out that there was one thing before the season started was the amount of depth. I was really concerned about our linebacker core. Like, mm-hmm. like, like all we had was Sean Lee. Like, I think we had only had like five linebackers in the fifty-three man roster. And when you really think about it, it's like that's like that's not really enough for even rotation wise. When you can have yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, and then then consider those guys are your heart should be your your core special teams guys. Ex- ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, we were talking about um, Quinn guys. Like I, I was talking to to Brian about this that in the first round early, the people are ignoring that is a Quinn guy is Quitty Pay. He mm-hmm. is Michael Bennett, the mirror image of. And then if you want to go to, like you were saying earlier, Jeff, about, like, you like, know, like comparisons. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were talking about, you know, uh, cornerbacks that fit the Quinn system as well. That guy is in the senior ball right now. Obi's younger brother, Melifonwu, mm -hmm. uh, tall, yes. six foot two, Ooh. 210 pound, looks exactly like Richard Sherman that you can get later on down the draft. A Quinn mm -hmm. guy. Yeah, yeah, and you know, both, and see, this is how it's so funny how it works out. Sherman wasn't a high draft choice. I think he was like nope. a fifth or sixth round guy. Yeah, he's right, right. Yeah. Browner, they got from the Canadian Football League. So, yes. he, you know, he's a non-drafted guy. So when you look at it, you know, they'll know what they're looking for, at, you know, as, as Dan gets in there and they meet. And I'm sure they're at the Senior Bowl right now every meet, every evening having meetings about what they saw in this thing. Um, but that's really, you know, to, you need to be able to, if you're going to draft to a system, you're going to say, okay, this is where we're going. Yeah. This is our direction. Let's go that way, right? What happens is you when you start going through the changes where you go from, okay, um, when, you know, when, when uh, Richard was there, we wanted single gap, run up the field, defensive linemen, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And so they got a bunch of those guys. And then yeah. Nolan comes in and he doesn't want to do that. He wants to run a different system. And so now all those run up the field, defensive linemen, they either got to convert their techniques or what made them good players or they're gone. And now yeah. you go another system. I think they need to settle into, okay, this is our vision for what mm. we want to be defensively and yeah. then find those guys. And you that know, was the issue I think with Nolan is he didn't have a plan. Interesting about Michael Bennett, right? Because that's one of my guys. And yeah. I, I was talking to Cliff Averill about him and the, the, the beautiful thing about a guy like that Michael Bennett can do for you is, on, on first down, he can play in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then when you get to second and third down, you can move him inside and he can Kick be a down. Yeah, you can play him against the guard. So yeah. he's like a he's like a plus one guy on your roster. Which exactly you, you right. mentioned about the you mentioned about the linebacker issue. If you, if this kid from Michigan has that ability, that will allow you to carry one less D lineman and go heavy at linebacker and help your special teams. And that's yeah. building a team. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, yeah. I mean, there's a few guys, you know, because like we had Tyron Crawford. I think he's pretty much done. So he's that guy that you can kick inside and outside. And there's a few guys, uh, you know, because I was looking at, you know, the same way that you were, um, and a, a guy that is Neville Gallimore's um, double that can fit the three tech and the one tech uh, technique is Marvin Wilson. And this guy, I was watching him and Deontay Brown. And I know Graham is a Deontay Brown fan because he's a huge guy. And I was watching the drills and Marvin Marvin was actually, and, and usually the, the thing with Deontay Brown, the thing that he struggles with is the smaller, faster, quick twitch guys. Uh, with the big power guys, which is what Marvin Wilson is, is usually Deontay Brown. He can handle them. But Marvin Wilson was actually a, a strong arm in him at, and beating him. And, yeah, they were falling into the ground. And uh, on, my camera was shaking here every time they hit the ground. Those two beasts <laughs> could feel the shit, the aftershock from you. Um, but, honestly, if you want to have a look, this guy could go in the third round. He could go in the fourth, but I think he'd be gone by then. But I know you like Neville Gallimore, uh, Paul. But take a look at Marvin Wilson and you will go, I love this guy. This guy is an animal. Uh, his only issue is he can be a bit, 
he's, he's like 320 pound i think he is but he mm. thinks he plays at like 240 uh, <laughs> well, as long as he can shift the weight that's what matters if you can move he, that weight that quite then great he, he my, is great mike i think wilson's going to climb into the second round he very well could after this week he has been, the way that like he's playing every every draft or draft board i've seen from any of the analysts marvin wilson has been climbing 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 yeah but there's yeah. another guy that I was that I wanted to talk to you about. I think you Levi. mentioned him. To... Levi, there we yeah. go. That's the yeah, guy Levi Ozariki. No, no, no. Marvin was the guy who like yeah. surprised me and has stood out the last two days. Levi yeah. Ozariki is the guy who stood out before the senior ball. The, 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 yeah. I just want to see him play against top tier talent. You know. Yeah. Um, but I, one of the things I, you know, because we was talking about Deontay Brown, so we, we may as well go there. Um, we got Deontay Brown and Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood, by the way, came in. I What's don't know if name? you've seen. I know you, but you want to see it. They've done the measurables in the senior bowl, uh, and Jeff will attest to this. The guy has got something. It was ridiculous. I, it was like nearly record breaking in terms of wingspan. Um, mm. It was huge, but 84? for me, you what? Sorry, he'd nearly four inch wingspan, wasn't it? I thought it was more than that. I thought it was like eighty seven. Could have been. I thought it. Yeah, honestly, four, but it I was mean... it was massive. But yeah. in terms of wingspan, uh, and because I worry about him as a left tackle in the NFL, do you think for the Cowboys, Jeff, that a guy that big with a huge wingspan, absolutely aggressive, and probably the best run blocker in this draft? You kick inside to guard. Well, I don't know. You know, again, when you go inside against go, it to guard, it's it's such a different world in there because you've got now. Um, you know, it's 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 you know it, it's intriguing to think about a guy with a wingspan like that who has the aggressiveness to be a, a really good run blocker because yeah. typically, typically those real long guys, those basketball like guys. They, mm-hmm. they tend to be a little bit finesse guys, but if you've got that kind of length and you're a mauler, well, that's even better. That's what he is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because if you have that as a tackle, then you have the ability to sit down against the bull rushers and you've got the length to just stick your arm out. And it's, a, you know, it's another two yards to the quarterback that the, that the edge rushers got to get. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I really like those, those long wingspan guys as yeah. tackle. And then, uh, okay, you know, like that Hernandez kid that uh, our, out, of, our, out, of, out of UTEP that that New York okay. took a couple of years ago. I know, yeah. yeah. He's just yep. he's just learning how to be oh. an NFL player, but he's Will got Hernandez. that. Yeah, he's got that yeah. nastiness. He's got that same thing that uh, yeah. that the kid out of Notre Dame that's at Indianapolis has. That's such a good player. Those are maulers. That's the kind of guy I look for as a guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know. <laughs> I think uh, uh, line as well, and and here's one for you. I was speaking to this about Jamie, uh, one that you can take away as well, Jeff. And I don't know if you know the guy, but here's one that absolutely flew out uh, and raised an eyebrow for me. And I know literally nothing about him, so I'm gonna have to find out. It's a D3 school, Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, I watched him the other day. Yeah, yeah, we must have watched the same thing. And he he was was against. Go on, sorry. he was just throwing guys around. I mean, he, he, what the he, hell? Yeah, he pancake guys. 
he was against Levi Ozuriki, and he took him yeah. out of his boots. Yeah, because they they ran a they ran a zone play, and he was playing right yeah. guard, That's and he right. got on yeah. he got on Ozuriki's edge, and then he took mm. him and finished him, boom, and yeah. I mean, boom, and got on and jumped on top of it, and I yeah, said, yeah, I said, and, from Division Three, yeah, I know. I mean, you know, like like you look at the helmet, don't you, to have a look? And I was yeah. looking at that, and I was like, yeah. "What the hell helmet is that?" That's the same. That's the same thing I did. I was like, that's, I don't, "What the heck but, is that?" Yeah. And he stand. He's what I like about it is he's standing there, right? And he's got this. And I don't care what you say, right? He does have an anchor, right? But he's standing there with his with his gut hanging out, and that is a beer belly. And he doesn't care. It's all out on display. The the jersey's half rolled up, and he's just going in there. And you want to say what is he doing? And you're going competing, competing, competing. And I'm telling you that this guy's scrappy, and he's literally showing that he can hold up in this draft. That guy is just based on this week so far, got himself drafted. I, I, yeah. I agree with you because everybody's looking for those guys, right? That, everybody's yeah. looking for those guys that that are have that little no, I won't say a little, have that real nasty streak, that ability to finish plays where they yeah. just they don't want to block you, they want to bury you. And those are the kind of guys that the, if you look at what Quentin Nelson did to the personality of the Colts offensive line as soon yeah. as he went in there because the Colts at all. And, you know, I mean, Costanzo's there and he's a pro bowler and all that stuff. And that rookie came in and all of a sudden that offensive line went from being a finesse soft group to being a nasty, nasty bunch. And that's, mm. again, a guy like this can bring that kind of stuff to you. Yeah. And I, I mean, he's not like purely dominating. He's not like this. Wow. He's, he's completely done, but he's showcasing is probably what I'm trying to get. He's showcasing that he belongs and that he's into, I don't, I never even heard of Wisconsin white water before. I didn't even know yeah. that existed. UWW. Yeah, it's a, it's a and actually it is a pretty good Division three school, but it's in the Wisconsin State Athletic Conference. So it's okay, Wisconsin yeah. Platteville, Wisconsin Whitewater, Wisconsin. You know, it's it's a bunch of small small schools. But you know, it's the same thing Ali Marpet did, who's the you know the guard we talked about earlier with Tampa. Uh, yeah, and Alex yeah. Tampa as well. Because yeah. I remember like, watching him like they were all talking about the senior bowl clubs, and you see Alex Tampa just mauling people from the. I think it was like the right tackle position he was playing or something, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the same with Ali Marpet as well. Like, yeah. but you like, know what? And it's interesting, dudes. It's the this is this is where he can take. You know, I always say to players. You got to take away their reasons to say no, right? Mm, yeah. So yeah. for a kid like this, who you probably put the tape, I have never watched the Wisconsin Whitewater play, but if you, I'll bet you, if they put on the, if you put on the tape, he's just slapping people around, right? Oh my! Then the question will always be, well, it's Wisconsin Whitewater, and you evaluate him against the competition that he plays, he dominates, mm. but then you want to see him do it against legitimate guys that he's going to yeah and yeah. here he is and he's doing it again he's doing so, it he's doing say, it i think so yeah yeah i mean i think he's gonna be it just i just love the look you know he's just standing there with his gut hanging out no care and he's just he's he gets his hand in the line and then he just he's just scrapping for every inch and he didn't give up an inch he didn't give up an inch no and, and i, I don't was just surprised i don't think that jersey was cut off i think that they said okay <laughs> i think they said, get it now 
This kid's from Wisconsin Whitewater. Give him the small jersey. He can beat it. <laughs> um, I've, got, I've got another co- my, coaching question for Jeff. Um, Jeff, on an offensive line, what what kind of combine drill is most accurate in terms of rating offensive linemen? Is it the kick slide drill? Is yeah. it the bench press to make sure that your guy's been in the weight room? Is it the, you know, what, what do you think? I think, you know, for obviously for it to me, if it, it was me, I want to see how much they can, you know, that, that like you talk about that kick slide drill, the mirror drill where the coach goes in and, yeah. they, and they have. To, yep. And then the other one is what I one of the ones I always like to see is that pull drill that they do where they got to come around and then good up mm-hmm. and yep. come to balance on another guy at the second level and all that. Yeah. And, and you know, it's the thing that's hard to, to watch at the combine is. You just don't know how they anchor against bull rushers. You don't yeah. know. You know, you can kind of get a feel mm-hmm. for their. But um, the other thing is their competitiveness. Because let me tell you something, guys. It, it is, and you guys have seen it, I'm sure. It, it, when you get to training camp and it is so competitive if all of a sudden you can't do something or you can't handle something, then every guy in line is going to do that to you until you show them that you can handle it. So if you're an offensive mm-hmm. lineman, you can't anchor, you're going to get this bull rush. The <laughs> shit out of you. I, I, I can vouch for that because I played all line for two years. I know what it's like. Now, the only reason I raised that question, Jeff, I think I saw, I, I was at one of the NFL UK live events in Edinburgh. And mm-hmm. the question was raised, and you talked about how stupid it is to see a forty uh, a forty yard dash from a lineman, and to yeah. see these guys running down the field, and the, the the coach is only really interested in the first ten steps. Ten. It's yeah. your break off the line and your ten speed. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. <laughs> Nobody sees a forty yard dash from a lineman. Yeah, and yeah. I mean the thing that the thing that with all with every athlete, right? And and. Like after years and years and years and thousands and thousands of hours of watching film, what I've done is identified there are about 12 major skills that every football player has to has to be able to perform. Right. I don't care whether you're an offensive lineman or a defensive back. They're 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 transferable skills to the game of football. Right. And one of those is going from being a long stride athlete to a short stride athlete and, and what we call come to balance. Every every football on the foot player on the football field does it. Everyone except quarterbacks, maybe. So why would you not do a drill at the combine that mimics that skill, which everyone has to perform, and dump the forty yard dash? You know why? Because the forty yard dash is like it's it's something it's that's simple for the fans to look and go, oh, he's he's good, he's fast, right? And, yeah. you know, it, and it's and it's something it's it's something that the commentators can talk about and it's easy to judge a winner and a loser. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I would rather have the, the three cone drill, certainly, because that's that's more of what you do in a game than a 40 yard mm-hmm. dash. But a 40 yard dash is the 40 yard dash. So but when you look at an offensive lineman, can he get out on the perimeter and can he? when a defensive back or a linebacker comes to make a play and he has to block somebody in space, can he get control of his feet and his body? Right. Hmm. Those kind of things are the things that transfer to the game in my opinion. Yeah. 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 
Um, is there anyone for you, Jeff? I mean, I, I spoke about Tough Ball and who's disappointed. Is there anyone so far uh, that has surprised you that they haven't shown up in the Senior Bowl as yet? You know, I because I probably watched Bob. Again, I I watch two guys that I trust their opinions, right? And yeah. Everybody else, I just let go, right? And I have not gotten this. I'll have all the Senior Bowl tape on my computer at the end of the week. Right. Mm-hmm. All the drills, all of the practices, all of it. And then yeah. I'll go back and I'll look at my do my evaluations. But I trust Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. OK, they are they are the two best evaluators, in my opinion, because both of those guys did it for for their livelihoods as scouts. And they, and and Bucky in particular, because he's a friend of mine and I trust him. Uh, I think he gives you a real good sense of you know, who the, who the players actually are and who the guys that are just, you know, kind of, yeah, they're good, but you know, or this, they got this or that issue. So if, if the fans out there or you guys want to really hone in on these guys at the senior bowl, I think they're, I think their uh, their podcast is called moving the sticks yeah. and they, yeah. Yeah. they're down there evaluating players right now. Yeah. And Daniel Jeremiah always does his, NFL top 50, top 100 on the website, which is really, really good to go and look yeah. at. It's always a, a really good paragraph, a breakdown. Yeah, I agree. Both those guys, like to me, if anybody asked me, who do I go to, to, to find, to, you know, I don't go to Mel Kuyper. And that's not a shot at Mel Kuyper, please, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or any of those guys, but I go to those two guys. I think they're the best out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, there, there's been a couple where, I was a bit sad that they didn't break out as much as they did. You know, DJ Daniel, he's been pretty quiet. Great athlete, huge athleticism and speed. And he just doesn't, he hasn't seemed to have really done much. Um, and also the tight end, Yeoba, um, just looks like heavy hands. I know tight end isn't something the Cowboys are going to be looking at, but I'm just talking generalistically of players mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. the senior ball haven't, um, hasn't really shown up. Um but, I mean, uh, apart from that, all the other guys. Oh, another little sneaky one for people to look at that I think has shot up the ranks this week is uh, Tua Lane's uh, Cam Sample. Man, that guy is fast. I was talking yeah. to Jamie about this. Do you ever remember in the 70s in comedy shows where they wanted to make a car look like it was driving really <laughs> fast? They play the, they play it in, like, fast forward to make it look like they're moving fast. That's what he looks like he's doing. I was watching. I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, this guy's fast!" And he's oh. just exploding and so quick. Um, I it, it, um, what's crazy about it is he's winning from the inside, and then he's winning on the outside. And that's those guys are really really valuable because and he's doing a guy, it quick. Either yeah, can do both those things. Now you really get really really get a great opportunity to uh, like if you take a guy like uh, Cortland Sutton, who was a really really good player coming out of SMU. Yeah. Yeah, and, but he's Cortland's really an outside guy. That's when he's at his best when he's outside. Yeah, Emmanuel, on the other hand, has started as a slot, but has learned to be an outside guy. But he's really better in the slot than he is out. When you get out and you're and you're at X in particular, when you're out on the weak side and you're on the line of scrimmage, it's mm-hmm. really you better be able to beat press coverage because you're going <laughs> to see it right. And so these guys that have that ability to shake a guy on the line of scrimmage are really valuable. Yeah. I mean, there's another guy who's probably even better than him, but I just worry about the fit, was Quincy Roche. 
Um, but I think really, if he was going to take that guy, he would be like a Sam linebacker that uses designated pass rusher in a two-point stance. And I just think that I just wonder if that's a Quinn guy, which I, I don't feel is. I feel that the Quinn guy is more of your off-ball linebacker, you know, who's going to cover that square at the back. Well, you know, it's interesting because when when the when the Seahawks took Cliff Averill, right? Because we had played Cliff mm -hmm. when he was at Purdue, and I was at Hawaii. We played him, and he, you know, he was that kind of really. He he was at his best when he was rushing the passer, right? So kind of yeah. an off between an end and a linebacker, and what was he, mm -hmm. and you know, but. Mm -hmm. He really fit into that scheme where they wanted a vert, they wanted a guy that could get up the field. And so those guys, you you know, the ability to rush the passer, no matter how you can do it, is a real, real asset in today's game because the game mm -hmm. is turning into 60%, 65% pass now. So you yeah, better yeah, make exactly. sure you got guys who can get to the quarterback. And you look at the teams, for example, Tennessee, the Titans, they are pass rush deficient. And they always have to try and work. You know, you have to scheme around the fact you don't have anybody to get home. If you can get there with three or four, that's the best possible situation because you can, you can obviously got more you can add to coverage. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I'm off on um, uh, North Carolina's uh, Shaz Surratt. Um, he just looks so unsure. Undersized as well. So undersized and raw. In terms of talent, mm. I think it's a bad combination when you're saying he's going to be a top 50 pick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but all right. I mean, before we go then, let's finish it off. Um, I know I'm stealing um, somebody's job here, so I do apologize, Brian. But I just thought we'd <laughs> Don't get worry. some. Yeah, I just thought we'd finish off getting everybody's Super Bowl predictions and we'll end the show. Um, so let's start off with you, uh, Jeff. I know you're. Are you going? Are you going to Tampa or no, are you doing it from London? No, with all this COVID stuff and the, and the yeah. travel restrictions, we're going to have to do it here from the studio. We'll be in the studio. Uh, Cliff is going to be at the, in the stadium. Uh, That's right. And then then we're going to have uh, Dallas Dallas Clark will be in the stadium. And then we'll mm -hmm. have – Sean and I will be on the couch with Neil. And uh, and then we'll have the around, the around the NFL podcast guys with us too. So we, we got a jam-packed yeah, show. It, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And will you be celebrating with a glass of red afterwards? <laughs> Let it be said that I celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there we go. There we go. No, I, we, like been around the block a few times with you, Jeff, so we know you too well, mate. Yeah, if, if, if someone left a comment, has <laughs> like, Jeff got the red wine now? I don't try to see uh, where about. See where we're, but There's like, always oh, oh. that there. Yeah. He's always on. He's always on a sneaky red somewhere. <laughs> You got it, man. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you need to get some bottle of butt fast. That's the true red wine, oh. right there. <laughs> Look, there's only one thing Jeff needs, and that's a good Irish whiskey. Hey, you know what? I, I, I tell you what. I went to Ireland one time, and as a friend of mine was the head coach at Trinity University in, in Dublin, right? So I went over there and asked. he asked if I'd come over. and yeah. We did a put on a clinic and did a thing, and it was a lot of fun. And then we go to the pub afterwards with all the coaches, right? Which was a big mistake, but um, I, I tell you, you Irish guys, I can't drink that. Yeah, that that, that Guinness, nope, nah. I was I was pouring it in the planter. I was doing everything I could to, because they drink that stuff like it's water. I mean, water. It was, 
And then and then going to Scotland is about the same way, except it's whiskey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's no, 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 Literally, we drink MD2020, which you can get in the States. We drink that quite a lot. Okay. I like that. All right. We drink butt fast, and we drink a lot of scotch and a lot of lager. That's it. All right. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let me tell you Island's got that poutine. We go. Poutine. Poutine. We used to go up there and play, right? So we go in, in Glasgow, and... We stayed at the hotel, and it was right off Sucky All Street in Glasgow, right? I found out someone I was up uh, where um, uh, Sean Gale put me out the crowd. Well, so okay, so then then the the university's right there, right? And so I would get up, and I always get up. This is just a thing. Before a game, I always go for a long walk, right? And so I was walking up Sucky All Street at like seven thirty in the morning on a Sunday morning, and I thought I was in. A scene from like the Deer Hunter or one of those Vietnam movies because <laughs> there, were, there, were bodies across, there were bodies strewn across the street. There was puke, there was blood, there was swarmers. They, <laughs> I said, These people like to have fun up here, baby. Paul and I yeah. are both Glasgow boys. Jeff, yeah. you know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so who you got to win the big show then, Jeff? I just hang on a second. I just lost you a minute. What happened? No, we I, I, I can't yeah. I, I can't I can't see you, but I hope you can see me. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I wanna say the same thing I said when people asked me this question back in June. Uh I just think that the Chiefs are the most complete football team and yeah. I think they've got I think they've got you know, you talk about you got to win two of the three phases in a championship game, and I think their offense is better than the than the uh, uh, Bucks offense, and I think their special teams are decidedly better than uh, the Bucks special teams. So I think those two will will win, and I think both defenses will play well, but I think yeah. the offense will be the difference. I agree. Uh, it's, I think if if the Buccaneers were to win, I think we can safely say that Tom Brady certified himself as the goat, and he's proved the Patriots organization. He already is. He already yeah, is. I, 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 I like. You know what, what I mean? Like, what, I think the whole point with Brady is like, I'm going to move to another team who are pretty much like one of the worst teams the season before, like in terms of like interceptions and <laughs> offense, like and all that. You know, now yeah, yeah. he's he's completely transformed the whole uh, culture. Mm-hmm. That team, like just even I, been there for what nine months, but like you said there, Jeff, I think overall in terms of the Super Bowl, I think that Kansas City are that like you, you can't bet against them really. I got a question for you though, Jeff, because you've been in coaching as well yourself. Mm-hmm. Is a couple years? Yeah, just just for a couple, <laughs> just one or two years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it oh. is 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 Bill Belichick right now fuming that Tom Brady's done so well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, you know, I tell you what, I think probably, um, I know that's his boy, but you think like he's moved on and there's always been the link with each other. Do you think he's just like, is it in some way deep down? He's like, please don't win. No, I think I, I honest to God think that, that he's happy for Tom. Right. And I think, I, I think a lot was made. Obviously, obviously, all of us in the media probably made too much of the fact that there was, you know, kind of a rivalry between them, and it was going to be like, I'm now going to prove that it was me, and you're you're going to Tampa to prove it was you. And yeah. I, I I think when they look back at it, you know, and there might be some of that. I don't know, but if I think when they if they both take a breath and look back at it, they're going to realize that what they did together 
may never be accomplished again in the National Football League. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that to me, I hope, is the way it is with those guys. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we know, you know, it wasn't that Bill Belichick didn't want to sign them. They just didn't have the cap space to keep them. Um, so I don't think there's bad blood there. But, yeah, I just wonder if there's, like, a little thing, you know, Bill Belichick, he's walking down the street, you know, he's walking his poodle or whatever it is he's got. And, you know, he's just talking to him. Yeah, honestly, he's got, a, I think it's a poodle. Is it a poodle he's got? How the hell should we know? I know, I'm a, pretty certain. Did make a draft pick? Pretty, I think it yeah. actually made a draft pick at the yeah. <laughs> yeah. right, it was oh, positioned. Oh, there he was. <laughs> it must have been a receiver then. <laughs> because they, they haven't picked a receiver that's very good that's in a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> and their last guy that they picked uh, hasn't really shown uh, hasn't well, shown much. But I mean, well, there's a team. There's a team that could go up and get a quarterback in the draft when we were talking. I'm going to tell you something. The guys yeah. that are saying right, and, and you know, I know this is human nature, right? Because it's the king is dead, long live the king, right? So now everybody's yeah. saying. You know, Buffalo and Miami are going to, you know, dominate that division. Let me tell you something. Next year, right, he's go. got a lot of cap space. He's getting a bunch of guys, hopefully, back that opted out. I mean, think about all, think about all the guys he lost on his defense, like big-time guys that he lost that opted out. They had eight or nine guys opt out of the season. So they, they ain't going to go quietly. I'm just telling you. That, that ain't yeah. going to happen. Yeah, oh yeah, and you know, you know, Belichick, he's got, uh, he's got all the time in the world. I don't think uh, Kraft is ever gonna let him go after six Super Bowls. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, let's get it round, go round the horn and get everyone's score predictions. Then start us, start us off, Paul. <coughs> Me. Go on, start you oh, Start right. us off oh. with what you think. Oh shit! Um, I think, <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think it's going to be like thirty-three twenty-one to Kansas City. Hmm. Okay. Go on then, Brian. While you're back, give us your score predictions for the for the superb owl. Forty-four twenty-nine to the Chiefs. <laughs> A demolishing. Go on then, Gray. What are you going with? Um, I'm going to give it to the Chiefs because I think that they're. Their um, offense will outpace the Bucks exactly like Jeff said. And if anybody watched the second game, the the way the Chiefs receivers, eh, cornerbacks and backfield stuck to the Bills wide receivers was incredible. Like they wore them like shadows. So um, I, I could see twenty seven fourteen Chiefs. I think I think they'll, they'll get ahead early. And outpace the Buccaneers. All right, then, Jamie, who are you going with score wise? You got it's an, it's an intriguing matchup, and I know when we did it last week, I just had this ever since I got into the NFL, I had this awful despise for the Bucks, and it makes it even worse that Warren Sattler is <laughs> one of my all time favorite players, Tom Brady is one of my all time favorite QBs. Hmm. It's just it pains me to see him in there, but the, the Chiefs, I think they're just too good. I think the Chiefs by 10. It's going to be close until right, to, right towards the end of the end of the fall. It's going to be a bit of a nail biter. Then I think the, the Chiefs, um, yeah. the the overall class of that team is just going to is going to outlast the. Now, well, I'm going statistically since um, since being drafted, um, Chiefs quarterback. I'm, my mind's gone blank. 
Chiefs quarterback. Um, Mahomes. Yes, there we go, Mahomes. Yeah, I knew I'd get there in the end. Since he's been... I know. I've got, like, all drafted college players in my head going swirling around at the moment. Um, So, yeah, lucky I didn't bring up somebody who hasn't even been drafted yet. Um, Since he's been drafted, Mahomes has the most number of games won by less than a score. So I think it's going to be a close game. Just when you say Mike, I think I think yeah. I said the last time he lost a game by more than two scores was in college. Yeah, that's right. That is that, that's, 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 the guy is unbelievable. He's but he's was that against the, Texas, he has, Jamie. Pardon? <laughs> was that against Texas? You can't I say anything anyway. Wall, you can't say anything, Brian. You, yeah, you, you are wearing you're wearing an Alabama top and an, under that jumper, so you can't say anything. Disgrace to, to Texas. I know, bro. I know. But <laughs> give it, give us your score then, Jeff, and we can start wrapping things up here and let you go, brother. Um, I, I got a score. Be, yeah, I think it's going to be thirty-one twenty-four, something like that for the Chiefs. Oh, so you're in the same ballpark as me then? That's See, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like. like I'm literally saying that there's going to be like three or four points in it. It's a field goal. It's that close. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a cyber on YouTube just mentioned Bucks by three. And, it's so, possible. And, and Valenti's went by eight. So technically, that's still one score, really. Technically. Oh, like yeah, if, technically, I see where you're going. If you go for a two-point conversion and that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean... I think it's going to be a close game. And DJ Dogs went for... 3420 so yeah 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 but <laughs> thank you very much jeff i know uh, every time we do the show we we see you popping up and sharing and retweeting and tagging yeah, just, us and all the rest of us every really, time we do something i just really think you guys do a great job and i, I you know <laughs> appreciate you know what i appreciate what you do cuz really we're all working for the same goal. And, you know, we're all, as, as Galen Hall used to say, we're all robbing the same train. And you know, what, we're, <laughs> what we're trying to do is grow the game. And anytime you guys get on the, you know, you get on the internet and you get on your podcast and you start talking football, it's fantastic. And I, I really appreciate, you know, you guys busting your hump and, and the expertise that you bring and the, the validity of what you talk about on the show. So don't think, don't think it goes unnoticed. <laughs> no, no, um, we, we love everything that you do, not just, um, you know, sharing our work and, and giving us advice as well and all the rest of it, uh, everything you do on Sky Sports uh, and even when you get the chance in Canada, when you get to go back there. Are you going to ever be going back and coaching in Canada? Well, I, if we have if our league starts again, we, we yeah. have the, the government's really tough about. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's why I asked COVID. the question. Yeah, yeah so yeah. we're you know, we're in plans to have a season and that, you know, we'll start again in June. And if you guys are, you know, if you guys want, we can, we'll, we'll talk a little football during the summer and, and, uh, you know, while NFL's on holiday, but I got to say, thank you, man. I appreciate it very much and enjoy the game on Sunday. And and again, let's do it again when you get a chance. And I'll be enjoying the senior bowl as well. Just to be a quick question, Jeff, see, obviously I know this is non-football related, but see in terms of like, Getting back to the states, are you find like will you get back over there? No problem, like regards to the restrictions and stuff like that. I have no idea. I know I'm going. I got to go to Seattle, stay in Seattle 
for a little bit and then uh, six hours and then hopefully home to white. But, you know, they could shut they could, they could shut the border and I could be here at the yeah. Adagio Adag- tell them. If it's the reason I'm asking, because I'm supposed to go to Texas in March and I don't think that's gonna, ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it. I hope you get a chance to do it. Right. Well, if yeah, you get yeah. stranded here, Jeff, you know you've got us here. We'll look after <laughs> you. And, <laughs> right, we'll, yeah. A funnel yes, and yes, some red wine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what to do is send me your hotel address, whatever that. I'll send you a case <laughs> faster for you. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Right, Cheers, Jeff, Cheers. and thank you very, very much for everyone at home and from all the guys here. We'll see all you right. all next Thursday, nine p.m. All right. See you, fellas. Just guys. Nice one. Bye.